Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. Welcome into our Bush Stadium studios. It's the September 2022 edition of the Cardinals Insider Podcast. Also, our season finale of our regularly scheduled monthly episodes here during this baseball season. I'm Brett McMillan, joined as always by Larry State, Joe Pfeiffer of our Alumni Relations Department, and our special guest today is the television voice of the Cardinals, Dan McLaughlin. So there are so many places we could start, Dan. I mean, what a year. You've got MVPs on the corners. You've got three legends. Two of them probably are two of them are done after this year. One of them, who knows? But I think we have to start with the most pressing issue to all of us in this room, and that is Brad Thompson's green seats. Because hey, you there guys needs to be work some for the Cardinals. I, I mean, you guys need to figure this out about the green seats. Everybody wants his green seats, so why don't you? You guys are the important people in this room. It is amazing when you think about the 2006 World Champs that Brad's the one that has the green seats. Yeah, and yeah. a jet and the place over at One Cardinal Way. The four to eight green seats that he gives out generously because he's a good person. But, yeah, I, I'd like to know what you guys are doing to help facilitate this, well, these if these media anything. gigs are paying uh, beyond what I – Expected. Well, they, we got to pay Edmonds, yeah. not me. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to know who's got the media gig that's paying them a lot of. You well, co- you got a bring Joe Buck in here, I guess. You're doing this for comp now. Oh yeah, oh, okay. yeah. I do yeah. it for love of sport. Yeah. You're a terrible type. Thank you. Appreciate well, I, that. I, I thought it was just a sweetener in the fantasy camp deal for Brad. That's yeah. what I assumed. Well, that in the that's kids why plans. I brought it up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Brad hasn't actually been to a fantasy <laughs> camp in a while because he works about 23 hours a day. Now. How come but you guys don't invite him anymore? We do. He's coming in January. I don't. I don't yeah. think you guys do. Yeah, and he's, he's pretty upset about it. Uh, I've heard about it. Yeah, I'm sure think, you have. I, I think it's either his wife or one of his kids that their birthday always falls at that time too. It actually so, does. So that makes yeah. it even more challenging. But he is coming in January. He's he is the best. He's such a good. He's such a good guy and a great representative of the organization but the brand and what you hope would happen when a guy plays baseball and is thankful to play baseball at this level didn't make you know the hundred million dollars but and I don't think that would have changed him anyway I think he would be the same kind of guy that's just happy-go-lucky and the occasional temper when he was on the mound and that self-deprecating humor is amazing oh he's he's the best he's so good he's so he's hilarious he's hilarious so it's fun to work with we're lucky to have him no doubt he is one of the best and dan so are you that's why we wanted to have you down here seriously you are no you are you can pay him after the show (laughs) yeah you're you're great to so many of us all of us in the building and uh, you've had a seat to some of the greatest moments in cardinals history and so we just felt like on this the last episode of our season with everything that's gone on i couldn't think of a better person 
to sit down in that seat and talk over the history that we're seeing in front of us. So I'm just going to throw it out this way. What has been your favorite part as we sit here in September now Mm. of this year to this point? Pujols. I don't know how you could look at it and say it hasn't been. Um, And that doesn't mean I'm not taking away from Goldie or Arenado, who both are MVP candidates. And as we're recording this, to me, Goldie's the runaway MVP of the National League. Um, And and seeing Yachty play, and I've, I've called all their games. You know, just about everyone except the, the ones that went into postseason. Having done his career has been exceptional in some of the things he's done. But to have Albert come back to be full circle with the club, I don't know they could draw it up any better than the way it's gone. Um, there's a reason we're getting the crowds that we're, we're getting. Uh, winning is always going to be the number one reason as to why. But I, I say it all the time. If you have a – I get goosebumps thinking about it right now. If you have a son or daughter and they have not seen this man play in person, I don't care if he strikes out. I don't care if he comes up and walks. I don't care if he hits four home runs. You can at least say, I saw that guy play. And I don't think I'll ever see in my lifetime a better right-handed hitter than Albert Pools. And the things that he's been doing at the age of 42 is nothing short of remarkable. So to answer your question, the best part of this is every time he comes up, something spectacular may happen. And now you're getting to the point where he's close to catching A-Rod. He might, I mean, it's legitimate that he might get to 700. And I I just don't think you're going to see that again. I don't. No, it's unbelievable. And I think you guys have done a really good job on the TV side of really speaking to not just home runs, but total bases. Yes. Just past Musial. That's the one that got me. He's only behind Aaron. Yeah. I mean, you think about the greatest to ever play this game. And you think of Hank Aaron, you think of Stan Musial. Willie Mays, Ted Williams, um, he's there, and he's not only amongst them, he is towards the top. Well, now he's in the top five or ten of just about every major offensive category. So um, when the one that got me was, well, there's two of them. I guess it's just being a St. Louis homer with it, but the extra base hit to stand the man, and then when he passed him in total bases. And so at the All-Star break, I went back and looked, because I always try to find every night, the, the Cardinals PR puts out a great bunch of stats of, okay, he's one from this, he's five from this, and that goes for every player. And I was like, what are we missing here? So I went during the All-Star break, I just went and looked at total bases. And when the first game back, and I don't know if everybody was aware of it, but and I'm not saying I'm the reason why we did this, but I'm just saying I brought it up and I was like, he's closing in on second all-time in total bases. And when he first came up, he would say to me, because I used to ask him, why is 100 runs so important for you? And he was a man possessed in scoring 100 runs. And he said, because if you score, you win. That's how you win. You put runs up on the board. So now it's getting on base to put yourself in an opportunity to score. And now he's the second all-time in total bases. That's it's, why he ran through one of Okendo's yeah. stops. Yeah. <laughs> Which was by design, by the way. You know, that was, that was actually yeah. done as a fake many, many times of mm-hmm. – hey, hold up, but really it was to go. It was to deke, and they had that down to a science. And I think about, like, he and Yachty in the pickoffs. Um, Yachty still – I think Yachty could be 60 and roll out of bed and be able to throw somebody out. I mean, he's not the offensive player that he was, but in terms of his defense and what he's meant to this team, that's why he's so – it's almost like full circle for for him is, you know, when when he first came up, Tony would say, we don't care what you hit, just make sure that you're – doing the job behind the plate, and that's what he's done with this team. He's extremely important in that regard. And even to call a game. He was I mean, to yeah. watch the Jordan Montgomery game the other day. Incredible. That was They were so insane. They don't win game two against the Yankees series with him in the ninth inning and Gio on the mound and didn't have, 
he didn't have his stuff. I mean, his slider was just spinning, and Yachty said, hey, I need you to give me one pitch in this particular sequence, and if you can do that, we're going to win this game. He did it. They won the game. He's he's just that good. It's ridiculous. You know, you've watched more Hi, baseball than any of us. Hi, Dan. <laughs> Thank you. Now, you've, you've watched so much. When Albert started this year, and compared with what he's doing right now, I mean, you you see more. He didn't start as hot as he is now. Yeah. Are you surprised right now? Or, I mean, were mm-hmm. you seeing something? You've seen every at-bat he's had. I, I thought he was going to be better than what most thought. Um, I said when they signed him that he would feed off the energy of the crowd. He is the one athlete I've seen that feeds more often energetic crowd and wants to be a performer than maybe any other player I've ever seen in baseball. And I truly mean that. So I thought he would get a bump and a jump from that. Now, did I think he'd be doing this? No way. Not not in my wildest imagination. But did I think we'd have some like magical moments along the way? I did think we were going to get that. Um, and he has fed off this crowd. He feeds off the energy of this ballpark. Now, technically, I think he's improved against right-handers because he's gone back to saying, I can hit these guys, and I do trust myself, where a lot of people didn't feel he could. So when you saw him at the beginning of the year, a lot of times he was pulling off right-handers, and then they'd, they'd bust him in, couldn't get to it, go away, he'd pull off, and then you had a weak round ball or whatever. Now he's taking the at-bats that were like he was in his prime. And there have been games where he's looked like he's back in his prime. And I just cannot believe it. It's been awesome. Now, I heard you say this the other day on the radio, I think. He never was a bad guy at all. He's Never. always great. But <clears throat> he seems different now. You're, oh, he's 100% different. That. He is a different human being, in my opinion. Now, what I saw when he was first here, he was always great to me. But I also was always careful about when and what times I picked my times to go visit with him or to ask about something going on or whatever the case may be. It's my job is to try to be literally the conduit between the fan and the player and all that stuff. And there was just times that you could just tell he was so locked in. And I I can't imagine the pressure that was put on him because he was the best player in the game. And he's doing a ton of charitable works. Everybody's tugging at him. Um, And I was around in the McGuire years. I used to see how we'd sneak him back in hotels through kitchens and things like that. It was like that at times with Albert. Um, but I'll give you a great story to tell you like how he's different. I've never seen an athlete do this. And I've done hockey, I've done basketball, I've done football, and I've done a ton of baseball. I've never seen an athlete do this. We were in Boston, and we were on, there was three buses. They had the, the player's bus. You can get on one, two, or three if you want. But there's a family bus, too, that's there. And there was a bunch of people that were on that bus. And people are new at those old ballparks of where we come out. Same thing at Wrigley. They know where you file out to get on the bus. And there's probably, I don't know, 50 to 100 people there, you know, five deep behind a barricade waiting to see Albert. And they're all screaming and yelling. Albert gets on the bus. He was on the phone. And they're all just going, Albert, Albert. They're all screaming at him. And he puts down his phone, takes off his headphones, goes out, signs for every one of them, and took pictures with everybody. I've never seen a pro athlete do that in my life. And that's when he was not going well. That's when he was struggling against the right-handers. And so now every time he gets on the bus, he stops and says, Dan, how you doing? Gives me a gives me a fist bump. I've never had him do that before in my life. And he does it with all of us. You know, how you doing? Everything good? What's going on? You guys need anything? All cool? Yeah, great. Smiles. He's happy. I do think the fans have seen that because we we try to show it on TV. He's just he's good TV. People want to see him. Like people love seeing him study his iPad. People love seeing him grab a bat and go up to his ear and knock on it to find if it's good wood. 
They like to see if what kind of grip he's got going. I was watching it the other day. I was just watching during the commercial break. We had a camera on him. That's all he did. A bunch of kids have never, never yeah. got to see him play. And kids never step. have seen that. Yeah. They've heard it. They've right. heard the stories, but now right. they're seeing it. Right. And so we try to show them as much as we can, and we should. Yeah. We're talking about history walking around in our ballpark every single night. You will never see it again. I truly believe that. Well, in our job's history, right? So for us, we're walking. You're on. not fired. We're, You're we're, not history. We're walking. On, well, well that, you never know. <laughs> this every, podcast every, get every off the rails. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, Brett's, Brett's got our future. I'll be pulling control. the sliders down. Uh, <laughs> but our job is everything to do with the history of this yeah. team. So we're we're walking on cloud And you guys nine. do a phenomenal well, job you. with the they alumni. You Seriously. As well. Thank but, you. Um, that to, is Cardinal baseball. To know baseball, how engaged though. he is this season and yeah. how he's been with our crew. Um, and to your point, not that it was bad. Can I reverse a question here? Yeah, go ahead. So I'm fascinated to see what happens. So Cardinals win the World Series. He's got a 10-year uh, services agreement with the, the Angels. I don't know what that entails. I mean, I know as much as anybody else. But right. what this year has done for him of welcoming him back to the family, which he always was going to be a part of the Cardinal history and lineage and the family. Of course that was going to happen. But now it's putting like a bow on it in a big way and still more moments in time to come and maybe a championship. But what that does for him with the engagement from you guys to bring him back to have these special moments. And as we talk, we're talking on Hall of Fame weekend. I, okay, so here's a good example. I was saying about this. He and Yachty retire. It takes, what, three years to go into the Cardinals yep. Hall of Fame. So in three years... I don't think you can have Ballpark Village hold the crowd <laughs> no, that will be expected. It's you know, right. do you have it on a night game to where you say we'll induct them at noon and pe- people come to the ballpark because that's how many people are going to want to see. Do you have it on an off day? Do you have <laughs> yeah, 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 all these it's things, be wild. right? I mean, right. I'm sure you guys have thought about right. this stuff too, but right. I am to the original point. I, I am I'm fascinated to see what this has done for his engagement and seeing old faces reconnecting. But the new faces, too, that will be here, that will be here when he's gone, long gone, and welcome him back into the family. Well, and I think it's what it, what it has done is potentially taking something that could have just been transactional when he become, became an alumni, if he didn't come back, to something that could be transformational. Yes. Because now he is – the fans that saw him play here from 01 to 11 know – but now this younger generation, my girls, two of my girls never saw Albert play. This is the first season yeah. they've gotten to see Albert play, and they're they're amazed by him. And now, I mean, what he could become and what he will become is a red jacket guy, and then Cooperstown will be twenty twenty eight. Um, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be amazing to see how we can potentially engage with our Hank Aaron. I yes, mean, it's, yeah. it's going to be unbelievable. Yes, and yeah. and that's the whole point of going in with a Cardinals cap. The the fact is that his greatest years were in St. Louis, and now to bookend it, he's having a hell of a year. Mm-hmm. Like his OPS and things of that nature are stuff that the Angels fans never saw. So it's crazy. Yeah, as what we he's sit doing. here today, he's uh, been one of the best hitters in the National League since the All Star break. How about that? So he has the highest OPS in, in the, the National in the league. league. Yeah, it's incredible. Only Aaron Judge has a better OPS, and it's not by a lot. So. He has made himself into a threat again. That's what the other part I love is thinking about when we're doing the game. How is Ali going to get him into the game? How are you going to get him into the game? What's the scenario that could unfold even against a right-hander? Because now he's a threat to make sure that he plays. And when I first thought about the season, it was more about, man, how is Ali going to get him in the game so that fans get one more chance to look at him? And it's not a 
not a novelty because he still can hit it out of the ballpark, but it's not the guy that we saw. Now I'm like, no, it's the guy we saw, and he's a threat. So I want to see him hit because he can do some damage. And that's the amazing thing of what's going on with him. One of the most interesting comments I think I've heard this year is after that Thursday game, he came in and pinch hit, hits the grand slam, and everybody's around Wayne over at his locker. And Adam says, I've been telling these guys, this is what it was like for 11 years. And I think they believed me up here, but like now they're kind of seeing it and feeling it. And I wonder, Dan, your read of the room, you know, you're down there as much or more than anybody. You're on the buses, you're on the planes. It's interesting for me to watch the guys who are in that 21 to 26 range and see the reverence they have. And not that they didn't when he first walked in at spring training, but I think in the last few weeks, something's really clicked where they go, oh, this is really what this is about here. I mean, you you want to play, guys want to play in St. Louis, but to see the way that these people treat this guy and the way he just expects to deliver in the moment, I think has been a really fascinating thing to watch. The one that, that got to me was when he came through the first time with the Angels and he hits the home run on that Saturday and Mike Trout is on the top step of the dugout on the padded railing, banging it, going, this is bleeping awesome. This is awesome. I mean, all his teammates, they didn't have that. I mean, it's no disrespect to the Angels fans or what was – it's just different. I mean, no one had seen something like that. And unless you were here and experienced it, you didn't know. And so the guys that you're talking about, which is Matthew Libertor and, and Nolan Gorman and Donovan and these guys – some of those guys, I need to go look. I don't even know if they were born. I mean, what's Gorman, 22? Was he was in born diapers, in 2000, right? Yeah, I mean, we're so talking about guys one. literally in diapers. Yeah. Yeah. They were in diapers when this guy was moving into the prime of his career. Right. So that is pretty sensational to think that, you know, these kids had literally, I mean, they were little little kids. They were infants. They didn't know. And you you probably, they as they grew older, they're 10, 11 years old. I mean, Miles Michaelis, his mom used to take him out of <laughs> – uh, school in Jupiter where he grew up to go watch him play in spring training games and other teammates. I mean, that it's just, I don't, I don't know how you put it in perspective what's going on here, but it's something that uh, again, we're never going to see again. We won't. And, you know, I think that the perfect guy is in the seat as the skipper this year too, in my opinion, he's done and, a really good job in Ali Marmol, not that any of his predecessors wouldn't have, but Ali's just so uh, understanding of what's in front of him, but also is so relational, so good. He's, I think it's amazing how he's managed the situation. And Albert's making it easy on him now in that he's really producing at a high level. But I wonder what you've seen there, too, just uh, the way that Ali has, I think, really in an expert fashion navigated having two legends that are retiring and getting the most out of them, but also positioning them to succeed in a way that's effective. Well, I think, first of all, Ali and Albert, are very close. So even prior to Albert coming to St. Louis, those two had a very good relationship just as friends. And now he's managing him. So that can be difficult because sometimes you gotta you gotta say to Albert, hey, we got this tough righty coming up and we're gonna go with Nolan Gorman. That that's not an easy conversation to have. However, I give Albert credit because I think he's also realized that this is what's best for the team and this is what we needed to do at certain times. Now as we go down the stretch, I do think it's going to be fascinating if the Cardinals open up a lead where they feel pretty comfortable and you've got a tough righty on the mound and he's at, let's just say for argument's sake, 697 home runs with two weeks to go, but your lead is comfortable where he's still going to give you a very competitive at bat. It's not like you're putting yourself in a disadvantage, but 
the odds would say maybe don't play him. The analytics department may say, no, this is your best chance with a lefty. I, I think that you lean then towards having him play. Um, but that doesn't happen, though, unless you have a conversation with him and have a relationship with him to be open and honest with what's going on and what gives us as a team and a franchise and organization the best opportunity to win. Um, but I do think it all stems, though, from the fact that Ali is, to use your word, relational and has great relationships with his players. He's very honest with his players, very honest, both behind the scenes and publicly. And so when you are dealing with a mega superstar and a future first ballot Hall of Famer, and some might say the greatest right-handed hitter that ever played the game, that's different than telling Joe, Larry, Brett, Dan, hey, you're going to sit today. That's not easy. But I think it all stems, though, from the fact that these two have had a, a personal relationship well beyond baseball for many, many years that allows them to have that open conversation. And that's a lot of it is Allie. He's He's been great in that regard. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I don't think I know anybody in the organization that loves their job more than you do. That's Uh, true. And (laughs) just walk us through that just a little bit. Um, Where did that passion come from originally? I don't, that's a good question. I, I've never really been asked that. I've been asked a lot of different questions about this. Um, I grew up, as you know, Joe. I played baseball. I love baseball. Um, I used to announce our games in the backyard in South St. Louis when I, my brother always kids me. He's like, "You were three years old announcing our <laughs> wiffle ball games," and I was. <laughs> We'd be playing video games or something. I'd be announcing that. But I always loved the Cardinals. I always loved baseball and specifically Cardinal baseball. And never in my wildest dreams imagination did I ever think I'd be sitting here doing something like this with you guys and you guys asking me about you know what's it like to call Albert and Jimmy and Scott Rowland and all these guys for the last 25 years I I would have said you're out of your mind Um, the organization has been incredibly uh, good to me from Mr. DeWitt and and Billy the third and just all of Dan Farrell you guys obviously uh, everybody's just been so kind to me through ups and downs in my personal life, obviously supporting me, what I do on the air um, and giving me, I mean, let's think about, I mean, let's be honest. I was 23 years old when I did my first major league game. Okay. And should I have been in that chair? Absolutely not. Uh, I was at the right place at the right time, which was the explosion of ca- cable television. And I was accepted by Jack Buck and Mike Shannon and Joe Buck. And they thought this guy works hard, does good job will do a good job with us, gets along to get along. You know, I, I went in with no preconceived notion of who I was. I was just like, hey, I'm just here, and I always have been that way. I'm just the guy Just I'm lucky to do the games. But they accepted me, and when they accepted me, that made a huge difference, I think, for the fan base to say, hey, this guy's okay. We like him, and they grew with me. And as I developed and developed my own style and got more comfortable, um, it became more of an acceptance of what I do. And now I think people really love what I do and I've been doing it for a long, long time. And so it's just to answer your question, I'm giving you a long winded answer. It's been a blessing. I'm lucky. And um, 
I'm just so fortunate to do it. I, I, I don't ever take it for granted. There are times, and I'll go up, as we tape this interview tonight, I'll go up to the booth, and I when we're doing the anthem or prior to the anthem, I stand and I watch. And I do, there's nothing else going on. I'm just looking out over the field, and I'm like, holy, you know what? I can't believe I'm doing this. Like, they're, they're going to actually pay me, number one, to do it. But I get to do this. This is something I've always wanted to do. And I get to do it for my hometown team. Like, much less be in Major League Baseball, but do it for the team you loved and have an understanding of the history and the, the people. And Tim McCarver becomes one of my best friends. I mean, what? It's a, it's a charmed life, man, and I, I'm very, very lucky and very fortunate. It's the big leagues, man. Give it, us your, give as us he your. would say, it's the big leagues, man. You know, and I'd love to hear <clears throat> big league players talk about wherever they were in the minors when they thought they were getting sent down because the manager called them in and said, pack your bags. Yeah. You're going. Did you have that moment before? I mean, was there a well, moment where someone said, guess what? You're going to do Well, the story, I mean, I – how much time we got on this thing? I don't want to bore you with it, though, but the story... We got as much time as you'll get. Uh, ...is I walked into uh, Fox Sports at that time, and um, there's Brian Jordan waving at us as we yep. uh, conduct this interview. <laughs> one of our one of our best alumni right he's, there. He's awesome. <laughs> My goodness, if he didn't live in Atlanta, he would be very active. Yes, he would. <laughs> um, but I, I, I had a friend working at Fox Sports, and they were just doing, at that time, like limited hockey and baseball because i know for a fan that a young fan that's listening to this would couldn't imagine not seeing a baseball game on television well back in the day i mean you might get 40 you might get 50 then it was 60 then it was 80 then it was 110 and so on and so forth well they were doing the joe micheletti show over at uh the adams mark at that time and my friend worked on it and she said hey you ought to talk to my buddy and you know go in and visit with this guy and say hey you know i can do tv I said, I've never done TV, and I'd done, like, a little bit. And I was working at Cam. I was on the air when I was 20 at the at KMOX. So I was one of the youngest ever there. And so I walk in, and the guy looks at me, and I was doing blues intermissions, and he says, you got to be bleeping me. And his name was Tom McLaughlin, no relation, different spelling, the whole nine yards. And he said, you got to be bleeping me. You're Dan bleeping McLaughlin? I said, yes, sir. I said, you know, Jeannie told me to come in and talk to you. You may have, you know, position to do some features. So... He says, huh, you got to be kidding me. So he writes down on his card, a, produce, a, a cameraman and an editor, throws the card at me and says, get the bleep out of my office. You got five bleeping features to show me what you can do and get the bleep out. And so I said, okay. So I leave, and I'm like, that was a hell of a meeting. I mean, it was one-sided <laughs> and a lot of F-bombs. So I, uh, I leave. I, I called Jack Buck. I said, Mr. Buck, I'd like to do a piece on you. He says, yeah, kid, sure, you know, we'll do it at the ballpark. And so I got hooked up with this editor. His name is Martin Bulk. He is, it's just like everything lined up from an act of God. He, he's an incredible editor, incredible. And it does like all kinds of corporate stuff and movies and this, but he was working at this edit house. Mm-hmm. He made this pile of just stuff that I had and turn it into like Steven Spielberg and it aired between one of the games that McGuire on a doubleheader was going nuts. So the entire town saw it. So I, like I said, I'm making this a long story. So then they said, Hey, we'll do another one, do another one, do another. Can you intro these things on the, uh, on the air? Yeah, I can do it. Never had done it before. They start counting me down on the things. I start doing that. So then we go to blue season. They hired me to do the blues. And then the blues got done. He said, Hey, we can't afford to have a pregame show guy and the play by play guy. Um, you're going to do both. And I said, I, I'm not doing both. So I actually turned down the Cardinal play-by-play job initially. And he said, you have 24 hours 
to say yes, you will say yes. And if you don't say yes, you'll be fired from everything that you do here. I said, I'm not ready for it. I'm going to get killed. He said, you're going to do it. We're going to, we're going to grow with you. And you're going to, you're, you are going to do this because you're going to host the pregame and you're going to produce it and you're going to do all the features and you're going to put everything together. So that's what I did. I did all of that and then started doing play-by-play. And uh, they stuck with me. And then radio asked me to come over and do some stuff. And I was doing games with Jack and Mike. And one thing led to another. And here we are. And 25 years later, you're still producing stuff like crazy. Yes, I am. That's okay. <laughs> That's good. I like doing it, though. Yeah. I, I enjoy oh, it. Oh, scoops is good stuff. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, I imagine it would, would help. You know, the, the having done the features, writing, understanding yeah. that side, must have helped a lot when you got into the booth because you're still telling a story every night. It did help a ton. So I'm a big believer that you try it. Now, the game has changed. So, I mean, I can go into long-winded answers here, but I'm going to make this somewhat quick. So the game has changed. So when I first started, you know, if we had a two-hour, 45-minute game to three hours, it was like, man, that, that's kind of a long game. You know, we had, we would have a lot of two-and-a-half-hour games. If we get a two-and-a-half-hour game right now, we feel like we were just stealing because games are about three and a half hours, it feels like. So in those games, I don't think everybody wants to hear, you know, all the numbers. I think some of the numbers are good, but they'd rather hear about personality and history, especially in this market. Now, when you're doing that, to your point, Brett, if I'm interviewing Albert Pujols for an hour for a podcast, that hour could give me maybe a whole year's worth of stuff. You know, that's where you get really good stuff. And I could tell his story a little bit better or Nolan Gorman or whatever. Um, I try to visit with Ali every day. He'll give me the nuts and bolts on a lot of the things that are happening with the team. But if I can get some personal stuff on the players to tell their story without being too personal, just fun stuff. Like, who was your favorite player growing up? Oh, you, you went to the ballpark to see Albert as a kid. People would be like, oh, that's kind of cool. I want to hear about that. That's, that's entertainment to me. I could be wrong, but that's how I do it. Now, the games have also changed to where I worked with Tim McCarver and I worked with Al and I worked with Ricky and I worked with Brad and uh, list goes on and on of different guys I worked with. But I also feel with Cardinal baseball, different market that I'm appealing to those that grew up in the sixties and love those guys. They don't want to hear about, you know, some guy's war. They don't care about that. But then the young guy says, I want to know about his war. I don't care about hearing about the sixties. And then there's the 80s guys and the 70s guys that love Simba and Hernandez and these great players and Brock. So I try to sprinkle in as much as I can to make it um, interesting for everybody and put a bow on it and present it the best way we can. Sometimes it doesn't always work, but hopefully it does. You ever think about when you talk about how long you've been here and standing in the booth before the game starts, you ever think about the fact that St. Louis broadcasting, you know, Jack Buck, Mike Shan, like you said, Dan Kelly, that you're one of those people now? Oh, no. I mean, you know. No, come on. You're, you no. are, though. No, no, and no, no. And no, what no. you mean those, to those, people who are fans. Those, and, and that's, a, that's a whole different deal. You no, know, those some, guys someday are Someday when an announcer, you know, no, many years I, from now starts, they're going to say, well, I hope I could be one of these. And you're, that's, your name's going to be part of that. No, no, I, I don't. I mean, I, I, I'm being honest. No, I don't. I look at it as I'm just a lucky South St. Louis uh, Hoosier affectionately a Hoosier, and uh, I can Hoosiers. say that. I'm from South St. Louis, so I'm a Hoosier. Um, I love Hoosiers. You're, you're, you're like the poster child. Of oh, poster child of yeah. Hoosiers. And uh, and I go in there, and I don't know, man. It's just fun. Like, I, I think I call it as a fan. I think I call it as a Cardinal fan when a big moment happens. I don't script anything. I'm going nuts. 
And I, I'd like to think that people at home are doing the same and, and maybe they like that, you know. I try not to do it like Jack or like Mike or like Bob Costas or Joe Buck or whatever. I think by osmosis, you listen to these guys and you may pick up some things that you like and maybe inflection sometimes takes you that way, but I don't try to ever do it that way. I just try to be me. How much did Jack Buck influence you, though, not only as a broadcaster, <laughs> but how you have embraced the St. Louis community? A lot. I, I will say that. I, I used to do and produce his shows at KMOX, and um, so Sports Open Line at KMOX, it's say aired at 610. Like, the, you know, hello, everybody, I'm Jack. But, you know, he'd be on there at 610 doing his thing, and I would be producing and then eventually did Sunday night NFL show on KMOX with him, which was just amazing. But you would see the cleaning crew come in. If they knew Jack was going to be on that night, they would clean everywhere else on the station except the sports office until he rolled in about 5.30, 5.45. And all of a sudden you'd see $100 going to that person, 100 bucks going to this person, 100 bucks going to that person. He got mad at me the first time he asked me to order pizzas, which I've ordered hundreds of them for our crew when Jack was in. But the first time I did it, he said, okay, order what you want, kid. I don't care. Get a sausage, a pepperoni, and a cheese for everybody. Oh, okay, sure. So I ordered the pizzas. They, you know, I had to go down and get, he's like, okay, here's the money for it. And he gave me like 300 bucks. And so, you know, I left the guy a nice tip, but I was like, here you go, Mr. Buck. Here's your change back. He's like, what the hell is that? I mean, he was really mad. He was like, don't you ever give me that money back. It's either in your pocket or his pocket, but don't you ever do that. I mean, he was just so generous with what he did. And that's a small slice of what I saw him do. And I've never felt that our position, it taught me that this position in our particular market of St. Louis is not just about calling the balls and strikes. And I'm not trying to get too sappy here, but it's, it's about trying to help people if you can and using that platform to get the word out on stuff or go MC or be present. Just be there. People like to see you. You know, people want to engage, take a picture, whatever. And if you can do something like that, it, it, it costs you nothing. It's your time. It's, it's not that big a deal. So go ahead and do it and do something good for people, make them feel good. Well, you've done a lot of it. I mean, Special Education Foundation, to say, just one organization yeah. impacted significantly. It's been cool. Yeah. We, uh, we've been able to do a lot, like change kids' lives. I mean, I really believe that. And for, I mean, one time I'll, I'll make this a short story, but we one of the ladies came up and said, hey, Dan, I'm a volunteer. I said, oh, thank you so much for being here. And she said, you don't even know why I'm here. And I said, well, I'm, I'm assuming you're connected to the foundation and, you know, thanks for coming out. And she said, you know, my daughter, would I'm a single parent, would not have gone to college without the scholarship you provided. And now she's a functioning member of society. She has X amount, you know, connected with special ed. She had some learning disabilities. People wouldn't give her a shot, but she was able to do it through the scholarship, got a college scholarship and went on and is now a productive member of society. And she's just bawling as she's telling me this. And I'm like, holy cow. You don't think about that. And I have four, thank God, four healthy children. Very lucky that, you know, I don't have to deal with that. But I see what, and that's a, a mild example of where the money goes to help these kids with hearing aids or redo a classroom or whatever. That kind of stuff is just, it's impactful. It's significant. And I'm very, very proud of it. That's awesome. Well, this podcast will obviously air later, but we're sitting on Hall of Fame weekend yeah. with the Cardinals. And when you think of, Big calls. Is this our ninth, right? This is our ninth. ninth. Yeah, it's hard to believe. You think of big calls, you know, you can't help but think of go crazy, folks. Ozzy's home run in uh, game five of the NLCS in 85 and not think of Jack immediately. You've had a lot of big calls. You've you've been here a while. I mean, some of the best hit players in Cardinals history. But we're inducting Matt Holliday 
tomorrow as it currently sits here on August 26th. And uh, I can't help but think you'll forever be linked to that last home run here, yeah. here at Bush Stadium. That was an emotional moment. And you could, you could even hear it in your voice uh, on that call. How, when you look back at that moment, I mean, that was... It was unbelievable. It's, without a doubt, my favorite call. Now, we have five weeks with Albert left, so let's just hold off on yes. that. But right. Uh, for yeah, right you now, got one it's... coming. You got another yeah. <laughs> Hopefully another seven coming. Yeah. Um, there's so much, though, that went into that, and Matt was really good to me. He's So it's funny, like Jim Hayes and I, we always we have our top tens. We I, So a guy will roll in, I go, that top ten or that skip guy right there, that's a top ten for us. You know, we, we love Matt Adams. We love Lance Lynn. He's in our top ten. Oh, yeah. There's some guys that you wouldn't think of that are top tens for sure. us because they were just great dudes to be around. And Matt Holiday is an all-timer, okay? We loved him. When he was in the thick of playing, we we – he was hilarious. He would, he gave you so much trouble on the bus. Like I would, <laughs> we'd be on the plane and I'd, and I'd say, Oh, go ahead, Jim, you know, and I'd get on the back of the line for sure. And then a holiday be sitting up there. I'm like, can you believe Jim Hayes is going ahead of us and doing this? He's Hey Jim, get your ass up here. You know, he's screaming at him. He, he was just fun. He was just fun to be around. But then on the serious side was what he did for the community. And so, I had countless stories, like I'm involved with a, a cancer group, and we had just no connection whatsoever. So we were going to highlight this kid and do a video on him, and it was going to be part of our ask uh, to give. And the kid says to me, we go in there, he goes, you know, you know Matt Holiday? I said, yeah, I know him a little bit. He's like, do you know that when I was uh, at my worst stage, uh, I had stage four, and now he's, he's fully out. He said, um, he said he's going to hit a home run for me, and he did. And he came that night with the ball and gave it to me that night when I couldn't sleep. Mm. He did that all the time. Like, people have no idea how much he would go. Now, the Homers for Health thing was well well documented. It's out there. It's very public. You know, all the different things that they did. He would go visit that hospital all the time. And unsolicited, you know, no one asked. He'd just go do it. He'd just show up, have stuff ready to go visit kids that were still up. He'd say, hey, who's still up tonight? Mm. And it's, you know, midnight at night and go do it. So... To ask you, you know, when you're asking me about that call, it was more to me about the man that he is and was in St. Louis and what he represented and what I think an athlete should be, which is, yes, did he make a lot of money? Yes. Was he famous? All those things, of course. And do we expect our guys to do these kind of things? We'd like to think they do. They don't. Not many do. And, uh, And he did it without any fanfare. And so to see him get that home run, and remember, at that time, I don't know if you guys remember this. We we were told privately they were not going to pick up his option. So I'd been told within like 24, 48 hours, hey, this we're going to try to get him in this game. We're still in the race. You know, maybe he'll go take left field by himself. Maybe he'll pinch run, and then we'll get him out of the game, and he can, you know, tip his cap. And he had not even been swinging a bat. It was hurting and all that kind of stuff. And they were like, well, we'll just try to get, you know. And now he comes up. So I had no idea that he was going to hit. And like I said, this, the calls I have are unscripted. And when he hit it, I, all I could think was just, yes! I was just so excited for him and his family and for the fans. And the emotion that he had with him crying, mm-hmm. it was just, I get, I've had a lot of goosebumps in this visit, but it's its the best that I could ever possibly imagine. It was just we awesome. laser into the car. Oh, it was awesome. Too. Yeah. It was so <laughs> awesome. It was, it was so unexpected. Yeah. And that's, I always tell people, that's what makes sports great. It's the best 
reality show you can possibly no, no, watch no, no, no. because it's unscripted. Oh, and the tears in his eyes. Oh, yeah. Meeting, yeah. meeting Yachty and Wayno at the top step. I mean, it was just, you're right. It's Sports are the greatest storytelling vehicle. And that, that moment from your call to everything with Matt, who's a pretty stoic guy. Yes. But to see the tears in his eyes. Well, I mean, that's I think, the part of it, yeah. too, is he's a stoic dude. But if you knew him, mm-hmm. he's he was loud. He's, he's fun. Great teammate. Great to anybody that asked him to... For help, I mean, he's just Looks one of like those the kind of people. Hulk, but there's a, a he's soft, a massive he's soft dude. guy inside. Though. That's a I massive mean, human being. Yeah, my money's on he, he. There will be tears tomorrow at the I, ceremony. I, I was going to say, yeah. I, I kind of think there will yeah. be yeah. too. It'll be a good, but thing. it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. I think. Um, so my understanding is, as we tape this, but we're going to introduce him first because a lot of his current players, the current players and his teammates want to want to be there. They want right. to support him, and right. you'll, I bet you'll see Ali and Skip and Wayno and I bet Albert. And Yachty, you know, uh, yeah, there's yeah. no Nolan, obviously. And the impact is still felt today in the baseball terms of is Nolan Arenado here without Matt Holiday? Mm-hmm. I'm not so sure. And I bet before it's all said and done, we're going to talk about Matt Holiday being a coach or a manager of the St. Louis Cardinals someday. That that would not shock me in the one in one bit. It's awesome. What a trade. Yeah, Indeed. <laughs> pretty good. Well, Dan, you've got a, a ball game to get ready for, so we're already well, keep over going time. Whatever. Are you sure? Go yeah. I mean, we could keep you here. Who you got tonight? Uh, BT or ball game? <laughs> we got BT. Oh, he can so handle that, the play-by-play. For He's sure he can. Yeah. Yeah. Believe me, he talks. Larry, you don't want to do play-by-play. Yeah, yeah. We'll, just, we, we'll figure it we'll out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> slot Larry in there. Yeah. Larry's not 23, but we'll slot him in. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <clears throat> You gotta. We'll get you out the door on this because I do want to make sure you get upstairs and and have your time. But you got a favorite thing you're involved with with these guys. You mentioned and we say I say it on the show all the time. They are the best in MLB at doing what they do. Probably the best in pro sports. I mean, we saw it with the '82 weekend. How amazing that was. No doubt. And they just consistency every year. It's awesome. I'm getting chills thinking about all those moments. But mm-hmm. what's your favorite thing to participate with them? In? Well, the fact that they include the alumni as much as they do, and it should never, ever be overlooked that the fans are number one, in my opinion. I mean, they're they're the ones that ultimately are going to pay everybody's salary that that's sitting here, those players, uh, everybody in this franchise. It's It's about players and winning, um, but believe me, it's about fans. And if you don't have fan support – People don't come out. People come out because in baseball, in my opinion, they they come to the ballpark because there's a connection to the game. So you may leave that particular city, but you go to the ballpark because it reminds you of when your mom or your dad or somebody took you to that first game and you you saw the grass. And it's not it's not being like a goofball saying this. It's very true. There's something at the ballpark, the smell of a hot dog. I don't care what it is. But it's going to take you back to your youth. And so when you then can connect with the guys of your youth, and now you are a grown-up yourself, and there's like – so for me, it's Ozzie Smith. Ozzie Smith was my all-time favorite player. I emulated him. I wanted to be Ozzie Smith as a player, um, but I always wanted to be an announcer. Actually, truth be told. But I always introduce Ozzie by saying this that you meet your heroes and you hope they live up to somewhat of the standard that you have in your mind. Ozzy, you surpass it. And he always has. He, I've never seen him have a bad day around me. Now, has he had a bad day? I guarantee he's had a bad day because we all do. But I've never seen it. So when these guys bring Ozzy back, Matt Holiday back, Mark McGuire back, Keith Hernandez, Simba, McCarver, I, I wound up having a great relationship with Bob Gibson. I can only imagine what it's like, because I know what it's like for me. I can only imagine what it's like 
for those fans that see these guys on the on the field, the Red Jackets. Like to me, one of the greatest moments, and I'm not trying to make this about myself, but I'm, uh, it's about you guys. But one of the greatest things I saw that I've ever seen on opening day, it's probably the greatest thing I've seen on opening day, was I was paired with Tim McCarver. And I watched you guys down there, you know, Larry and Joe, with great reverence and respect for these men that sometimes get elderly or sometimes they get sick. And so, but they show up because they understand the importance of this franchise and they understand the love affair that the fans have with them and vice versa. And Lou had been sick that offseason and had an amputation. And we were wondering what, number one, would he even make it to opening day? <laughs> right. And then he gets out of the, the vehicle and says, here's my walker, and he walks out to that line. And I looked over at Tim McCarver, who was bawling like a little kid. And so Tim had always told me that, that Lou is the toughest player he ever played with. He said, it, never saw him in the training room. In all my years of being a Cardinal, never saw him once in the training room. And when I saw Tim McCarver bawling about his teammate, it put in perspective – of what this all is. So going back full circle to what Larry and Joe do, which is it brings us all together. And and that's the important thing. And I think it's great for the players because they because once you're done playing, a lot of that adulation is gone. It's over. You're you're not the player anymore and it's a new chapter of your life. But it allows them in a selfish way to come back and feel that adulation again, what it meant to be a cardinal, what it meant to be a professional athlete what it meant to be a teammate, what it meant to be to, to have their family see what their importance is to the city. And then it allows on the other side, the fans to see their boyhood or girlhood, I guess girl, that's what you'd say, little girl, little boys, what it meant to see them um, again, they're, they're idols. And it all comes full circle again. And so it's, it's so important. We never, ever forget about the past. And the past is about championships and what those players did to bring those championships, the blood, sweat, and tears. So we don't forget about them. They don't forget about us. And you guys, I, I don't know. I've been to a lot of different opening days. I've been to a lot of different ceremonies for championship teams. There, and this is not just a homer saying that there's nothing better than what you guys put on. And then – it's a tough spot for you guys to be in. Those players are treated like royalty when they come back. They all want to be part of everything else, and you got to tell them, "I don't have a hotel room for you. Can you take this one off? I got. I'll have you the next year." But that's how it works, man. No, it's good, These guys love it. I don't even, we don't even call it a problem, but it is. Yeah. It is a good problem. Uh, they want to be here. Yes. Um, and it's not our. It's not our job to say who's off a championship roster going to be welcome. You're all welcome. That's right. You let us know if you want to come and. You know, I always this sport is so. And the players feel that. Yeah, this in this sport is so generational. Unlike some other sports that we compete with for for people's time and and, and, and treasure in essence, um, but it's so generational. It's so it's such a connection between mom and dad and child and grandparent and aunt or uncle. I mean, Lou Brock was your hero. Bob Forsh was your hero. Ozzy Smith and Willie McGee were mine and yours. And uh, um, it's and now. You know, my kids are, are getting to see Albert, and they love Tommy Edmond and Dylan Carlson. But that connection is is generational. Absolutely, it's a conversational sport. I always say tradition never goes into a slump. I'm I'm thrilled we're night, so sitting true. here, 19 games over 500, and six games up on the Brewers right now. That is awesome. But even in seasons where we're not in that position, we still have a, an op- an opportunity to celebrate 19 pennants right now and 11 World Champions and, I, and championships. And Ozzy says it the best out of anybody I've ever heard. He says, we are in the business of creating memories 
that lasts a lifetime. And that, that's what we get to do. And we, we and hopefully we do it well. Well, if you guys didn't take the reins on this and take it to another level, we wouldn't have it that way. Yeah. You know, and I've seen a bunch of the events. I've been asked to emcee some of your stuff or just sit and be in the crowd with it. I, I get goosebumps every time, you know, and, and you're right. But it takes a lot of effort, though, to coordinate those things that you guys do, and you're to be commended. I know Larry is running around. That's why he's losing his hair. But God bless you. You're Thank still you. very handsome. He's still yes. got a fair amount left. He does. Joe, you're oh, complete. You're gone. Yeah, yeah. So, I'll shave the rest off. No point in lying. But that is hard to do, man. It's hard, and, yeah. and I just appreciate that you guys do as much as you do to make that well, stuff happen. St. Louis guys, it brings us joy. Yeah, I don't think yeah. I'm speaking for you either. But. Yeah, I mean, growing up in St. Louis, and he... You focus on the task today, you, you work through something, and once in a while you just stop, like you said, look around, walking through the stadium with someone and say, what are we doing here? Yes. I still have my last voicemail say from Red Shane Deans. I'll, I'll never, I still have my yeah. last text I, from Bob Gibson. And I've got one from Bob Forsh. Yeah. yeah. So, it's it, crazy. It's, it's got a, this, this team in this city, the impact is it's just unprecedented. Yeah. I, you guys see it. I mean, yeah. Brett, you travel a little bit too now. It's just different. Yeah. Yep. And it's not blowing smoke. It's right. just a different place, yeah. you know. And it should be treasured and well taken care of. And that's the thing. We are the the caretakers right. of that now to make sure that yeah. we do take it to another level, but with an ode to the past to make sure that the, uh, that always is treated with kid gloves. All right, we'll go have a good cry before Danny gets <laughs> yeah. I know. <laughs> Dan, it is, it is true. All, all those things I would echo, you know, uh, everybody who works in this building might not be from St. Louis, but they care a tremendous amount about St. Louis and the whole region, because it is really a regional thing. No and doubt. You represent it so well. Something I always tell people about Ozzy, they ask, what is he like? I say he's a Hall of Fame caliber person as well as a player, and I feel the same about you. Uh, so many stories we could tell yeah. that would embarrass yeah. you, but you've been really good to the three of us and uh, are good to so many in the building. So thank you for doing this. I know that everybody who's watched and listened has enjoyed it and a great way for us to wrap up our uh, inaugural season here on the show. Let's go deep into November. No doubt. And thanks for having me. This is fun. We appreciate you joining us today for the season finale of our regularly scheduled monthly episodes here in this baseball season. We'll be back with you again next April, but we encourage you to be subscribed. You never know what kind of bonus content we might drop throughout the winter. If you have guest suggestions for the upcoming year, want to give us any kind of feedback, we would really love to hear from you. Podcast with an S at cardinals.com is our email. For Joe and Larry and Denny Mack, I'm Brett McMillan. Thanks so much for joining us today and all season long on the Cardinals Insider Podcast.